This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein, as we officially begin, at least from the Chargers standpoint, the 2023 offseason. <laughs> Oof. Got a chance to talk to the Charger faithfuls. We had the live show on Monday following the fallout of the historic collapse that it was of the Chargers playoff loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got to do more of those, by the way. <laughs> do, oh, the live shows? Yeah, oh, it, was, it was popping on Monday. That was for sure. You know, for some reason, I think anger and despair just attracts, you know, I mean, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Sounds like it's sounds like some salesman came up with that like a long time ago. I'm sure that some somebody did. But uh, continuing this week, we are just hot off the press with the first Brandon Staley press conference that he did live in front of the media. First comments that we've heard really from him since the loss. And what is going to happen moving forward? Obviously, we've had some coaching shakeups here in the last 48 hours with the team. And we're going to dive into it. Lots to cover. Um, lots of key takeaways. Speculation. Questions that maybe were answered, maybe were some. You make the most of it, what you will. But before we dive into it, Dan Wolkenstein, how are you doing? Jake Hefner, friends and family, everyone worldwide. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, it's a hump day, Wednesday. Brandon Staley uh, just came out and gave lots of insights into kind of the vision for this upcoming offense, what he sees it becoming, some of the shortcomings from this team, what to look for this offseason. Uh, some of the things he's proud of, some of the lessons learned. Uh, we'll get into all of that as we kind of go through, kind of giving you guys the takeaways. Uh, but Jake, I'm great. How are you? I'm about as good as can be, my friend. About as good as can be. Is the, is the, char- is the Chargers status what's got you down? Each day is getting better. Each day is getting better, you know? It's it's times like these where taking a deep deep dive into the 2023 draft class just really brings you a sense of <sighs> mental clarity. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Foo Fighters and just start saying this times like these. You learn no. to love again. No, okay, no, but nice plug. That was uh, that was well done. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jake, over under how many apologies you heard from Brandon Staley today? Apologies in like the phrases of I'm sorry or like subtle apologies. Let's go subtle. I'll put the line at two and a half. Under. (laughs) (laughs) Under. (laughs) Which I think might uh, ruffle some feathers with the fan base. But again, we'll talk about it and kind of put context into it. Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Online real quick. 
Well, I want to remind everybody uh, that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so let's go around the top, kind of do the real quick high-level things that we learned, and then we'll kind of go into it for folks who want to kind of get a quick uh, 30-second elevator pitch on the Brands the Press Conference. So, Jake, I'm going to go three, then you go three real quick. Here we go. Number one for me, Brandon Staley said that he is going to continue to call plays for the defense in 2023. Number two, Brandon Staley said that they are looking for an offensive scheme that has more firepower, that puts more pressure on the defense, that allows more on the offensive line in terms of finesse, in terms of more physicality, technique, more motion uh, on the offense. And then number three, they are looking for a style of offense to mirror that of what you see in the Shanahan tree. Jake, next three. Go. I mean, I think for me, kind of gave a little bit of insight what he was looking for for the next offensive coordinator, obviously with Joe Lombardi and uh, Shane Day no longer being part of this offensive staff. And it didn't really give you one insight to the other, whether he was looking for veteran leadership or from a young, uh, you know, a younger up and hit coming coordinator standpoint. He basically just said leadership is at the front forefront um, of the search. So we'll see what that means, what it could mean as far as any indications for hints. Um, the calling the defensive plays to me, Dan, that stuck with me as well. That's the one that I still have some questions about personally. We'll get, we'll get into it. Um, and I think still the fallout from the comments that were 100% justified for the media pushing back on him in relation to the Mike Williams situation from week 18 of this season and how in one respect or another word of Brandon Staley is going to learn from that, stick to his guns, what his plans were. It was a, it was a multiple questions that were asked about it. Daniel Popper specifically kept pushing back, which I really? thought he did great on, but um, yeah, other than what you said, those were probably my biggest takeaways. Uh, you heard Brandon Staley talk about the uh, vision alignment that was needed for the offense. And that was one of the bigger reasons why Lombardi and Shane Day were ultimately let go. Um, he wants alignment with the coaching staff, which he mentioned was a big part in why that happened. Um, he did say that the Chargers fans should expect more changes to the coaching staff this offseason. Now, whether that be is because of folks being let go or folks being plucked by other organizations remains to be told, but we will find out. Um, he he mentioned that the, the offensive coordinator position is one of like kind of the, the hot jobs for the NFL to come into for these chargers. And so he's not necessarily looking for someone who has the most experience, but he wants to have someone who can bring what they need in terms of vision. Um, and it was interesting to kind of hear him talk about what they needed on offense and the importance that he played or that he put on the lack of running game this team had and how balanced offense is key to a explosive offense. At one point he mentioned you can get explosive plays by handing it to your running back every time, but if you can't run it, 
you're not going to get explosive plays anywhere. So he discussed kind of the need for speed possibly, or if you need the need speed. Um, but he kind of mentioned, I guess, more importantly, uh, that the offense needs to improve. And the vision that he saw for this offense, Joe Lombardi and Shane Day, it just didn't work out. You know, the the Shane Day firing when that took place, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. I looked at that as a potential internal hire if the Chargers were going to go that route. Not necessarily that it would have been the right decision, but I could have seen them potentially doing that given that Shane Day has obviously worked very closely with Justin Herbert over the last couple of years. But if you're going to bring in a brand new offensive coordinator and one that, according to Staley, fits the vision that he's looking for for this offense you have to assume that they're going to want to bring on some of their additional staff as well, whoever is going to take that job. And obviously from an offensive coordinator standpoint, as far as openings goes, it's probably one of the most coveted right now among all of the job openings that are out there. Dan, I did like this little tack on as it relates to that offensive coordinator position, because I forget who it was that asked it, but someone asked Daly um, if he was going to continue to explore the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offensive style for their next offensive coordinator. And he said, I think that's fair to say that the experiences I have, that's a fair assessment of the style of play because that's the offense that I believe in. So you know, that fits into who his first choice was for bringing on to the staff in Mike McDaniel. That made a lot of sense. Um, and then you talk, you hear about some of the names that have been talked about si- since then as far as the possible coaches that could be available. Now, we'll obviously see since Sean McVay has announced that he is going to be returning next year. Um, still names that I had put out there. Zach Robinson, who is the current quarterback's coach of the Rams, is one that's linked to him. I've, I am forgetting the name right now, but it's the tight end coach that also is worth with the Rams that has built up some good rapport, obviously, that Staley has some familiarity with. But that could just give you one indication as far as where they might start to look, and he's still going to continue that philosophy that he started two years ago. And on that note, Jake, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Brantley mentioned specifically he wants the offense moving forward to have pace and motion to pressure no opposing defenses, which, hello. No kidding. What have we not seen for the better part of two I years? I thought that was preached in football one-on-one. Yes. Um, and so he he wants the next head coach to have leadership but more specifically, get them to play the certain style that they need to play. So uh, you mentioned the Shanahan tree. We'll see. I think that's music to a lot of folks' ears on what they see in terms of the vision for this offense. Uh, he mentioned kind of the the growth of Brandon of um, Justin Herbert, kind of how he's able how he's been able to overcome so much that was thrown at him, still get this team to the playoffs. Um, he mentioned one thing that was interesting in terms of the offense that was a reason for the Shane Day Lombardi uh, release was the idea around kind of the vision of the importance of line of scrimmage and like technique and fundamentals and physicality that the team was lacking, which we've talked about at length. And so for him to kind of own that, accept that, discuss that's what he's looking for. To me, I was like, thank you. Thank you. At least you're acknowledging what, easy eyes can see on the TV screen. Um, can't it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who that is that aligns to that, that can establish that vision, bring that pace in motion, put pressure on the defense, be balanced on offense in terms of run and pass. Um, I guess the last of the bigger topics that I got was um, the importance and the 
I guess, pride he had in the improvement on special teams. Jake, and we, you and I, we've talked about this for three years now <laughs> since we've been doing shows together. The special teams has been one of, if not the kryptonite for this Chargers team for better part of a decade. And I believe the Chargers ended the season sixth ranked special teams in the NFL. I think they gave up the least return yards in the NFL. You got to tip your cap to him and team for that. Um, the defense kind of rounded a corner a bit. Sands second half of Jacksonville, but special teams, given what they had to go through this year, again, three kickers <laughs> they had to go through and all of the attrition on the roster, all the younger folks playing new punter, new kicker, new gunners. And they ended up six in the NFL. Like you have to tip your cap to that. You hope that that is one of the things that stays next season. Yeah, Dan, I think that we forget it. I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, everybody knows what Cameron Dicker's done since he was this, came into that starting role. But even going through three kickers this year, because <laughs> Dustin, Dustin Hopkins is like a, 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 a long ago memory at this point, given what Cameron Dicker's done. But Dan, in total, all three kickers that kick for this team for this season, I think they missed a combined four kicks. I mean, that's wild considering what the Chargers kicking situation used to be a couple years ago. <laughs> go look at go look at the Cowboys playoff game. Their kicker missed three extra points and a half. It's wild to see the jump that the special teams unit as a whole made in just one season under special teams coach Ryan Fitkin. So yeah, you gotta tip uh, you know, Coach Staley for the hiring in that circumstance. But still some more questions that need to be figured out. Sure. Still some more questions. And as he alluded to, it doesn't sound like the firings are quite done yet and that more changes will be forthcoming. We just don't know specifically what those will be. He did touch on the Joey Bosa uh, issue that happened at the end of the Jacksonville game. That was, that, his first response to that was actually hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I can't remember who asked him, but basically said, "Why did you hand? Uh, why did you pick up Joey Bosa's helmet while I was on the ground?" It's like because it was laying right there in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a great response. He he acknowledged that lack of poise costed this team, and specifically Joey Bosa's lack of poise at the end of that game uh, affected this team negatively. You know, he said it got the best of him. Did note kind of the the headwinds that Joey Bosa had to face all season coming back with rehab and the injury and the surgery he had. Um, but he acknowledged that the team needs to have better poise at the end of the game. Uh, specifically for that Jacksonville game, obviously highlighted the success they had in the first half, but the things he wishes he could have done differently, he pointed to execution and penalties as kind of the biggest piece in that second half. Execution on all three phases, and then the penalties that really costed them. So I think that penalties slash poise... And then execution on both sides is what he deemed cost of them, which I would push back a bit on the execution because there are plenty of videos out there that show the difference in defensive schemes specifically. Offense or defense from the first half to the second half and how soft the second half defense was playing. Um, but that's for another day. So poise, execution. See, but this is what this is. <laughs> Brandon Staley truly is an intelligent human being and is and is really, really good with, it, let's just say, skirting questions to the media. 
someone asked him, did you feel like you were out coached by Doug Peterson? So I didn't feel like it was that way in the first half, which is basically a roundabout way of saying yes. <laughs> yes, he out coached. Yeah, it's a roundabout way of saying in total, yes. First half, right. no. Second half, yes. Right. Which he's not wrong in the first half, but... Mm-hmm. That's why somebody, you play four quarters. Somebody remind him that f- football is four quarters long, please. Yes. One of the things that I think he, someone asked him about, you know, what is the message that you tell fans who watched what happened this year? And he kind of talked about candidly how no one's more upset than he is. No one was more upset about Mike Williams being hurt than he was. No one was more upset and frustrated about the kind of ending of that game than he was. Uh, he did also note that, you know, this, what happened in that Jacksonville game, the second half, is kind of an exception to the rule since he has been coach of this Chargers team. They noted the times the Chargers have been that scrappy, resilient teams that have come back and won those style of games. 27-point lead, obviously the biggest lead he's blown in his tenure as a Chargers head coach. But he's not wrong there. I think the Chargers overall this season did buck the trend of kind of the, the Chargers going to charge and find ways to lose. And da, 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 da. They won 10 games. Now, of course, that loss was just horrific. It's about as Chargers as you could get historically. Yes. So no, you didn't, you didn't. You only delayed the trend. You didn't buck the trend. So that, but I think the trend for him, that was one of the few times that that has come and rears ugly head. And to his point, you know, his quarterback has the most fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL since he's been here. So uh, lots to improve. Things are also not as terrible as some have said. Uh, So that's kind of the main takeaways. Um, Jake, I guess maybe probably the one that I think most people had questions about were uh, going into this press conference. What is this offense going to look like? And how is the defense going to look in 2023? Well, I mean, number one, one of the biggest questions that you have to have on the OLED, there's multiple questions, obviously. One, you have to do a better job of maximizing Justin Herbert. And whether that's through game scheme or weapons or whatever, that's all tied into answering that question. But number two is you need to revitalize this running game. And despite for fantasy owners who had Austin Eckler this year and how those stats may look, the Chargers did not run the ball well throughout 25th. this entire I think it's 25th in the NFL. That's, that's not sustainable championship. No, I'm sorry. I think it's 28th. I think it's 28th. I would love 25th. <laughs> that's not sustainable championship football. It could get you to the playoffs, which it did for the Chargers. It, it was you know, sustainable to a fault. But when you're talking about getting into the gritty days of the playoffs and trying to make a championship run, you need to run the ball better. That was one of the biggest criticisms coming into this playoff season, like weeks before we were talking about that. It was something that they needed to improve on. And yeah, they had good games against the Rams and good games against the Cleveland Browns in terms of running the ball. But in terms of creating a more balanced, sustained, high-powered offense... They definitely need to do that. So I'm not sure from the standpoint of, obviously that's an emphasis that they want to get from whoever this offensive coordinator is going to be hired. I'm not sure outside of the quarterback's coach, if there are going to be any more circulations as far as the offensive coaches and assistants on that team, you could 
be seeing new running backs coach. You could be seeing new running game coordinators. This is just speculation, but I'm just thinking if if the power of an offensive coordinator for what they were looking for is going to be wanting to bring in a quarterbacks coach that's going to mesh with them, as Brandon Staley was talking about, you would have to think that it would go beyond just a quarterbacks coach in terms of developing a more high-powered, balanced offense. Yep, and Brandon Staley said it quite simply. Uh, there's a different level that this team needs to get to on offense. And I think all of us watching, covering this team would agree. Sure, they were productive in terms of yards this last season, but does that convert to points? Largely no. Your defense was pretty good the past, the last like six weeks or so, but snap the line the entire year. Probably average at best. They have to improve. They have to improve. So I know Daniel Popper put out a list. I know Jake, you've talked about kind of the list of folks that you would like to see for the offensive coordinator position based on what Staley said today on what he's looking for in an offense and a coordinator. Does that cross the name off a couple? Does that circle a few that you were thinking previously? Um, I mean, it it was the comment that he had made about the Kyle Shanahan tree that may have been the biggest indicator on what direction they they could go. That it could be with more of a younger, uh, you know, up and coming coordinator position right now for them. Me personally, do I think whether we're talking offense, defense here, one or the other, both? Who cares? I definitely think that Brandon Staley needs some head coach, like tenured head coaching experience to be partnered with him. Mm. This leads into the conversations that have been had about an IE Vic Fangio. Obviously there's a past connection there between he and Staley, but it's talking about same thing. Frank Reich, same thing. Not as much as a personal connection with Staley, but someone who's tenured, who's a veteran uh, offensive coordinator, who has connections with the Chargers, former head coaching experience. That name makes a lot of sense. Now, based off of that little nugget that Staley said in terms of where they could be looking from that Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay tree, now it brings up other names. Again, Zach Robinson, Michael Fleurs, um, Again, I'm trying to remember the uh, the tight ends coach who's also being looked at from the Rams currently right now who actually is being considered highly um, coveted. And yes, I'm using the Google machine now trying to figure that out, but apparently I can't even manipulate that. No, it is not. No, it's not Wes Phillips. No, excuse me. It's it's Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown. There we go. Thomas Brown. Excuse me. Um, that is another name that has circulated out there, but that both Daniel Popper and a few other people have put out there as potential replacements. Um, I just I don't know, Dan. I don't know. This 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 will be this will be interesting in in this circumstance. Now, I fully believe if we're just talking about in general outside of the comments that Brandon Staley has said today, as far as his vision goes for this offense, you have to put this in perspective that you're, you have one of the more creative minds in the entire NFL that you have to play twice a year in Andy Reid, And you have to somehow match or at least contend with that type of creativity because it goes beyond that. Because once you hit the playoffs, it's a whole nother level that you're going to have to get to. So, 
how can you maximize Justin Herbert as a quarterback from where he is now with three years under his belt with the offense that you have put around him? And obviously you would expect that they would put more weapons around him in this offseason in terms of how you can get better and an overall philosophy that whether that's balance, a high powered run game, a high powered passing game, but there's so many elements that are in this. And if it's not going to be from an offensive perspective in terms of overall tenure and experience from a veteran presence who's been there before this this will be an interesting hire it's it's going to be we've said it million dollar words gonna be interesting um i do think that it is kind of a breath of fresh air in a way to to hear what his goals are for this offense and for him to come out and blatantly say the way this offense was ran was run the last two years, especially this year, wasn't it? And I think it sounds like he knows what his quarterback is capable of. You know, there was was one part where he kind of talked about the importance of the running game and the lack of continuity. He said at the line of scrimmage was challenging, but specifically noted technique, fundamentals, and mindset are all things that need to improve. Technique, fundamentals, and mindset. So technique and fundamentals, that's like offensive coaching 101. I don't necessarily know if that's on Brandon Staley as much as it would be as an offensive coordinator. And so I'm curious what the mindset of Joe Lombardi was versus what he wants he meaning Brandon Staley. I'm curious what the fundamentals were, at least from an execution perspective. See, that's the, that's the right question to ask Dan, that, Dan, because when he said that and said they don't, you know, when he basically gave his initial comments of why Lombardi and, and Shane Day were no longer with this team. They were, and they were unaligned. Right. Which, which then just makes you think of the question, well, okay, they've, they've both been a part of the staff now for two years. What was the vision entering this season? Great question. If it doesn't match now, then when did it match? Or what was the vision? Or has it changed in the last, what, s- since Saturday, all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? So it, that might be just a ad- admittance from Staley to say as a whole, it's we need to have a different vision of what it needs to look like in the future. And I have a vision of what that can look like. And that is... That's unfortunately not been with what we've had with this coaching staff, so that will now be have to be tailored. And let's, and let's not forget, Joe Lombardi was not his first choice. No. Fourth. Was not his second choice. Now reports are not his third choice. <laughs> so the ones who he did not get, you would think are probably who he envisioned, i.e. Mike McDaniel. Now, where do you think... That's one press conference down. We'll have Tom Telesco's tomorrow, which we'll discuss. Overall, I guess the one thing we did not discuss was the Will Hoyt, linebacker coach. Yeah, I was hoping that we were going to flip this over to the defense because Matt Will Hoyt getting fired. Shocker. After having generated the productive seasons that he had for Kaiser White, for Drew Tranquil. If 
that is a fire. If that's the first firing that's going to happen on defense, which there's got to be more coming. There has to be more coming because Matt Wilhoy probably would have been one of the last coaches that I would have ever considered as far as who may be on the hot seat. He would have been one of the last names that I would have thought of personally. Um, Staley, Staley did say, Jake, that the perimeter and secondary tackling were big areas need to focus on improving. And so I, I believe that perimeter component is a linebacker issue. Which, not just linebacker, but I could see that being the case. You've seen how many explosive run plays they've given up on the perimeter this year. I get, I get it, but it's it's not just a linebacker issue. Agreed. So, <laughs> it's, Agreed. it's not just a linebacker issue. Um but yeah, for him to be the first one to go, I think a lot of people started scratching their heads after that one ended up taking place. I don't want to speculate on on who's next. You know, uh, the one thing I will say is, at the end of the day, you know, fans, pundits, players, whoever, you know, you could be upset with the performance of the team or performance of this coaching staff. Um, I do get a little irked, you know, when people are going around like it's Christmas, when they see somebody get fired. Like as much as it's a performance thing and it's because your team is not doing well, this is also a human being who was just fired. I'm sure their money situation's fine, but just think about yourself when you've had failures and imagine everyone uh, coming to, you know, celebrate your failures. Like it's not a good look. So while we can be excited, we can be energized about kind of the future. Um, I think there's some level of humanity, uh, of grace we can show. Uh, doesn't mean frustrations aren't warranted, but just wanted to get on a soapbox for 25 seconds to. Jesus, you should have had some like classical music playing like right oh, behind God. you with that, Dan. My God, <laughs> you, you look, you know, as you're doing the violin impression, it just really brought me back to like me being the guy on the Titanic. That's just playing the music as the ship is sinking. As the ship is sinking. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would be me, apparently. Look, <laughs> the, fo- the football gods, they're a fickle bunch. But when it comes to coaching changes, NFL fan bases can be even worse. <laughs> By the way, social media, Chargers fans have been absolutely irate. And in a, on a whole nother one, for li- likely, right, rightly so. I get it. Yeah, don't forget get it. that. Rightfully so. They have, Dan. They have. <laughs> they some, have. There are some things that are a little too far. Let's look. Maybe it was a tequila. I, I, I get it. Maybe you know there's certain there's certain lines as far as maybe things that you shouldn't say. But in terms of fans being upset, pissed off, frustrated, yeah, frustration. I, I don't really think that there should be any many holds barred on that. <laughs> No, not at all. I, I I feel him. So we got some questions answered from Brandon Staley. You know, I think we have many other opportunities, especially tomorrow with Tom Telesco's interview coming up. What questions were not answered and or dodged? And what are you looking forward to seeing from Tom Telesco or from hearing from Tom Telesco? <sighs> Dan, I think that his decision and answers to the questions on what happened with Mike Williams are going to be with Brandon Staley for a long time, for a long time, even, even during times when he is, when the team is looking good and he is winning, I would just hope that a, he learns from this mistake. 
Um, I know he still basically had said that, and Popper kept pushing back on him for this. Basically said, well, you know, the Bengals-Ravens game was over. Didn't, you know, couldn't you have had a contingent plan that was in place for this? Because I get what Brandon Staley is saying as far as actives, inactives, the time frame in which that game ended to when they had to have their interactives in. Yeah, that literally what people on the roster could be there. Yes, yeah, I get it. I, I get that. But he basically said his contingent plan his contingent plan was to get them out in the second half. So see, as a head coach, again, Mike Williams wasn't the first person injured in this game. He wasn't the second person injured in this game. He was the third. So the moment that I see Kenneth Murray go down with a stinger or I see Joey Bosa come right back out, considering that he was just coming back from his injury two weeks prior, or excuse me, a week prior, Mm-hmm. The whole plan gets thrown out the window at that point. Why would you? Why would you want to possibly risk anything when you see things? Yeah, like it's, this like, it's like it's like yeah. The, the plan is to go out fishing, right, on your little canoe, yes. for an hour and a half, and then yeah. when you see a great white shark nearby, you're not going to still go for an hour and a half. Like you're going to pack up, go home. Yes, it's not so. Weird. You know, it, it felt like the same same type of answers that he gave after that. Uh, game was over against the Broncos in week 18. Uh, I do think, and I do think Jake on that note, we talked about it a little bit during the live show uh, the other day. I think that comes from his unwavering belief and his unwavering competitive nature, which I'm not saying it's right, but I think that's something that might need to be reeled in a little bit is like how much belief you have and what you can do and what will or will not go wrong versus like the reality of what can go wrong. Well, based off of what we've seen from his coaching examples over the last two years, whether that's say the fourth down decisions or his decision in Cleveland that almost gave away the game his keeping Justin Herbert in, in the first Jacksonville game in week three, even with the torn rib cartilage or this example with Mike Williams, I don't really think that it, it that anybody's going to be able to reel that in other than himself. So I agree. I agree. I agree. He's going to have to learn from it. He's going to have to be more. He's going to have to be smarter in these type of situations. So he has to learn, and it's it's not just beyond this. He still has to learn a number of different things as a head coach. But you just hope, given this situation, that it's it's a hard pill to swallow, and. It, there is no reason why people should not ask these questions of him moving forward because in retrospect, it was a huge irresponsible mistake for him to do what he did that in turn hampered his team the following week in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I agree. And maybe to your point, maybe if he brings in someone with experience as a head coach that has experience in these kind of situations is like, it's like, Hey, Brandon, I get it. I know we want to go in there with a mindset and want to establish a culture and not give up and blah, blah, but we also want to have Mike Williams for the playoffs. Like, but just, Dan, just saying. I mean, which I, I feel you on that. But Brian Dable is a first-time head coach. And he made that move without even thinking. Yep. And I know. I, I Again, I'm not back. His it. Giants, yeah. And his Giants came out swinging the following week in the playoffs. So, Jake, I, w- I went through, you know, the, I asked you the question about what we learned and did not hear yet from Staley and what we hope to hear from Telesco. I went through, I went back to my kind of list that I put out on social media of like the things that I need to see from Ben Staley. I want answers about, um, I asked about transparency. I want to know about the learnings and mistakes, what went right and wrong game plans, execution, roster and adjustments. 
I got half of that. I didn't get the I didn't get chance to hear the you know some of the decisions on the roster stuff like why you know the whole Trey Pipkins thing or the Brandon Fajoko thing or the three quarterback thing or the four wide receiver thing like I still have questions about that. Not sure if Telesco is going to be able to answer that, but I still have questions there. Uh, plan for how to fix inconsistencies in coaching, messaging, roster, and player execution. I would say I probably got two thirds of that. Uh, inconsistency in coaching. He talked about a lot on the defense and offense for the kind of the changes needed. Talked about the messaging in terms of like what they're looking for from fundamentals, execution, kind of where to focus. Um, player execution, he brought up. Like that was a big issue that plagued them in the Jacksonville game. Um, things I did not get that I'm hoping to get from Telesco. Clear understanding of roles and responsibilities. We still don't know. We got some of it. We know that Brandon Staley is going to call plays on defense. So that answers your defensive question for 2023. We don't know what that's going to look like for the offensive coordinator position and what the offensive coordinator's role is versus what Brandon Staley is. Um, I'm hoping to find out kind of how the scheme will look in terms of like what types of players slash roster they're going to look for. I doubt Tom Telesco is going to do that, but I'm interested to see what that looks like on offense specifically. Like, are they going to bulk up the offensive line? Will they bring in speed? Do they need a star tight end? Like those kinds of questions. Um, the one thing that I wish, and maybe we, it's not unfair for me to ask this right now, Jake. The one thing I wish we get to hear more of is with the new offensive coordinator, which maybe we'll hear it when the coordinator is hired, is like what they're going to do to unlock and unleash no pun intended, Justin Herbert. Like, you go and watch some of these games in the playoffs that are happening, which is still painful, but watch how dynamic folks like Joe Burrow, like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, like, watch how dynamic these guys are allowed to be. And then go watch a Chargers offense when they have a dude who is just as good, if not better, than some of them, but they just don't do it. So that's the biggest question I think left unanswered for me is specifically with the quarterback position. How are you going to unlock that? Because obviously he's a great quarterback already, but you see the potential with him and you see kind of the handcuffs that are dragging him down. So those are kind of my main questions, Jake. Uh, we talked a bunch about this press conference today. What to look forward to tomorrow. Was there anything takeaways from you that you wanted to kind of bring up before we wrap up today's show? I guess we'll still see, as it was alluded to, that the coach team finished, um, and I wouldn't assume so. I think there, I think that it, for the for the speculation that was out there that if Brandon Staley remained with this team, that the caveat would be that there would be a huge overhaul in terms of the team goes. I would expect to see more of that. Could even see more of it before Tom Telesco takes his press conference tomorrow. We'll see if that mm. happens. Um, but as you were saying, Dan. I don't expect him to see say anything in terms of specific players, specific needs, anything that comes up with contracts. He's just going to give a very general answer. If we know anything about Tom, he'll basically say, you know, 
we obviously want him here, you know, to summarize, we, we basically want X player here and, you know, we'll, we'll work out those contracts eventually because um, he always handles contract negotiations very close to the chest behind closed doors, doesn't really elaborate on too much of it in front of the media. Um, but I think a lot of it, Dan, will probably, outside of maybe a few answers, will be a lot of what Brandon Staley said today, especially in terms of what a new offensive coordinator would have to look like, what the the quote-unquote vision of this offense is with Justin Herbert at the helm. And we'll see where it goes from there. We'll see if there's anything that's different. But um, I see it being maybe about 70% very similar answers to what Brandon Staley gave today. So let me ask you this as we wrap this show up. I think there were a lot of questions, a lot of feelings going into this press conference. Um, A lot of concerns with Brandon Staley and kind of the level of coaching, expertise, uh, you name it. How are you feeling after this press conference in terms of your faith in Brandon Staley prior to the press conference? Um, I mean, I think something that should be encouraging in terms of, and in terms of whether this is a vision that Brandon Staley just thought of after Saturday's <laughs> game, or if he actually listened to and saw what was taking place from the outside media and and getting his criticism there hell from the fan base alone that was frustrated enough with it if if these words are correct that he is planning on making this much of a change to benefit Justin Herbert then as of right now that's a good first step now whether that step is carried through over the next several months time will tell on that because there is some personnel that you have to get in order to fully encapsulate this vision of yours. So we shall see if that takes place. But I liked hearing those comments in terms of the justification for why Vince Lombardi and Shane Day were not there. So it does give you some nugget of good hope, but we'll see what that vision truly looks like and is manifested to over the next several months. Needless to say, this is the biggest offseason of Brandon Staley's career as well as the head coach or the offensive coordinator, excuse me, to be of his career of Tom Telesco's Tie Tom Telesco into this, Dan. You know, yeah. and yeah. what's 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 weird about that is you know how bullish I was on Tom Telesco as we went into the offseason last year. Yeah. And I said it was the hottest seat that he has been on considering how much cap space he had to spend. He had to hit on his draft picks. This team obviously had to make the playoffs, which they did. <laughs> I know that pains right? you to say. I know that pains you to say. The bare minimum. Right. Some, so is it hotter now? With a D minus average. Yes. Is it hotter now? Yes. Oh. And you yes. saw how you saw how much he did last offseason. Now, yes. take away the draft is kind of an incomplete grade. We don't know. Some of those things take time. But Telesco did some magic last offseason with this roster. So, like I said, point, he is. I, I said this on our little yes, Twitter discussion that we had on Sunday night that I firmly believe that as it stands right now, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco's career with the Chargers are currently linked. So, if foreshadowing, if something does not come to fruition in the 2023 2024 season, that could be the end of this regime, and that would be a full blow up. So, uh, Brandon Staley today answered a ton of questions. I think he did as about as well as he could have given the grilling he was given. Uh, I think he was pretty contrite, pretty honest. 
Uh, also, didn't let everything out. I think there's going to be some things we'll find out later. But for the most part, set the vision for this Chargers team going into the 2023 offseason, which now the Chargers are in. Uh, tomorrow's episode, we will have up. We will discuss the Tom Telesco uh, press conference as well as other topics that come up between now and then. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner. For myself, you can find me at Dan W. Sports. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.